Clippers point guard, Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen. It's free on all platforms coming at you every single weekday, Monday through Friday. So start your days with it. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, Damian Lord said it plainly on ESPN2 on Wednesday evening. The Blazers not just have to make a decision this summer, and he'll have to make a decision too. What are they going to do? Are they going to go the direction that he prefers? Try to build a try to build a veteran-laden championship caliber or at least close to it squad that can compete into the playoffs? Or are they going to end the Damian Lillard era, go young, and move in another direction, building around the youth, the talented youth, including Shaden Sharp already on the roster? This is a fascinating summer. And in today's show, I want to talk about those two paths. The Dame path and the not Dame path. Vets or youth. Damian Lillard was on the uh, ESPN during the playoffs tonight, uh, the, the end of the play-in round or the middle of the play-in round. Uh, he, Damian Lillard was on an alternate broadcast on ESPN2 talking with, um, it's basically like a, a podcast that occurs during the basketball game. But he was on with uh, Stephen A. Smith, and and Stephen A. asked him about kind of you know just the the topic du jour, his future, what's going on, and Dame said it plainly. Um, he said something similar at uh, Media Day or Exit Interviews, not Media Day, Exit Interviews. But I think on the ESPN two broadcast, he said it, it was it was much more pointed. The Blazers, have, he wasn't saying like if the if the team doesn't build a competitive team then I'm out of here. But what he was saying was, I have a decision to make what I want to do. And the team has a decision to make what they want to do because they need to choose. They need to go all in on one of the paths. They need to go all in building with me or they need to go all in on youth movement. Because being caught in the middle like they were with the roster this season on two timelines is untenable. You can't do both. You got to pick a mode. And so now they enter the summer having to pick which lane they're going to fall into. So I want to, in today's show, I want to talk about the Dame path. I want to talk about the youth path and kind of what those look like, the pitfalls and challenges of both. And I'll kind of share my thoughts on what they should do as, as I mean, it matters because maybe you're curious my opinion, but like in general, uh, my opinion on this stuff truly doesn't matter, but I'll share what my thoughts on what I think they should do, uh, as we sort of work our way through this. So let's start with the Dame route. Dame's on the roster. If he's on the roster, like I said, there's no half measures here. You are committing to the plan. It's what Damian Lord said on the broadcast. They need to commit and fully commit to the plan because they've been stuck in between. This is the summer to choose. Dame wants to be here. He just wants to be here under his terms. He wants to be in Portland under his terms. And his terms are, go get me some vets to play with. So that's going to look like the obvious. Something like, and I'm, these are just totally hypotheticals. I mean, they're like informed, I guess, by the like nature of the world. But like, it's just like, let's let's work through the thought experiments. If you're going to write me an email at lockedonblazerspot.gmail.com. Don't get too caught up on the specifics here. We're talking, this is sort of... Um, this is the the outline of of something like this. So it would mean that you got to make a big trade, probably several big trades. So something would start with like the Blazers end up with the fifth pick in the lottery. They trade fifth. This is actually the least likely pick they end up with. So, well, let's say two point two percent chance they get fifth, uh, fifth pick in the lottery. Anthony Simons. They ship those two gentlemen to or or whoever it is the rights to number five and and Ant to the Brooklyn Nets for Mikael Bridges. Okay. 
perf- perfect type of wing that you want to play with Dame. He's about the right age, 26, 27. Um, you know, he's he's proven that he's better, you know, capable of more than he was asked to do in Phoenix. Really good role player, capable of scaling up. Really, really, really good defensive player. Um, you know, has shown some great offense. Ideal 3 and D wing. Kind of one of the perfect players to, to pair with Dame. Works out with Dame's trainer in the offseason. They're like friendly, friendly if not friends. Dame has said multiple times, Mikhail is one of his favorite players in the league. He said it again on the ESPN2 broadcast tonight. Clearly, someone he'd like to play with. Trade for Mikhail Bridges. Right there, done. If you do that, Jeremy Grant comes back in this scenario. Dame, Jeremy Grant, Mikhail Bridges, you're a pretty good team. You're probably right away, right there, better than you were last season because of the defensive upgrade that Mikhail Bridges gives you. Um, you are improved in the near term almost immediately, uh, but you're probably not in the inner circle of contenders. And if you're going to go this route, as Dame says, you probably have to really go the whole way. What do I mean by that? You got to trade the you got to trade the kid. <laughs> like that's how this works. If if they're going to go all the way, you probably can't bring Shaden Sharp along with you. Not that he's not really good. It's just that he's going to be. 20 when the season starts and even if he's a really special 20 year old if you are committing to trying to win a championship vets are more valuable they just i know i literally watch okc win with 20 year old josh giddy going nuts in the playoffs but like that team finished 10th in the west it's it, it, there is a difference from being pretty darn good which i think they would be with the simply mikhail bridges trade versus going all the way for for sort of historical precedent Pretty much the only team in the last 20 years to go from lottery to champion, the only team to go from lottery to champion over the last 20 years is the 2008 Celtics. They were really bad over that summer. They traded for the number five overall pick, ended up being Jeff Green, to the uh, to the Seattle Supersonics for Ray Allen. Later that year, Al Jefferson, coveted youngster, goes to Minnesota in exchange for Kevin Garnett. Bing, bang, boom. You add... Two Hall of Famers, two Paul Pierce, an already Hall of Famer and, and franchise stalwart there. They rip off 66 wins, beat LeBron in the playoffs, beat Kobe in the finals, win the championship. That's a tough one to follow. Kevin, Kevin Garnett had won a MVP of the league in 04. This was the summer of 2007, like three years removed from an MVP. You're trading for that caliber of player. Ray Allen was, you know, a, is a... Was on a Hall of Fame track, all-star, really good, very good player. Um, you know, sort of the tail end of his prime, but still a very, very good player at the time he was traded. That's what it takes. So, if you're... I think one of the unknowns here is I don't know what, like, good enough is for Dame. If you make one of those trades, maybe that's cool. You can keep Shaden Sharp and, like, you can kind of keep building and building and building. But let's assume that he want Pick a track. Let's go all the way. It's time for them to choose. What he said on the broadcast, I'm mean, like, he's been really clear. He wants them to be aggressive and wants them to go for it and wants veterans on the team and everyone within the franchise has signaled the same thing. We want to get older and want to get better. We want to take risks. We want to be aggressive. We want to trade our parts. So you go further and you trade something like Shaden Sharp, a pick or something, picks. Let's just say picks. Shaden Sharp and multiple first round picks. And use of Nurkic to make the money work, and you get back Bam Adebayo and parts from Miami. Now you've got, you know, a borderline All Star and Bam, former All Star, borderline All Star and Bam. Got Mikael Bridges, two really good versatile defenders. Got Jeremy Grant with that length. You got Damian Lillard. You kind of fill out the rest of the roster as is. 
This is a team that you could talk yourself into on day one competing for a championship. Could you? Would you say that they are like a clear favorite with that group? Probably not, because one of the challenges of doing this is that you kind of deteriorate your depth a little bit and then you got to rely on veteran minimums and like the right type of you know whatever draft picks you have remaining or um you know who you keep on the team popping right like okay we held on to Trent Watford boy does he have to be good as our as our eighth guy like that type of thing whatever it might be just hypothetically the risk is you are top heavy and even those type of trades, like short of trading for Joel Embiid, the literal MVP, trading for multiple guys who are like, you know, borderline all-star types, puts you in the conversation realistically, but maybe not like, certainly not one of the two or three favorites. But that, that would be a very, very good roster, right? But the window's short. And now you've cashed in multiple future first-round picks and your best 23-year-old you know, starting shooting guard, the 19-year-old backup kid who looks like he was able to take over for it, two of your best young stars, you know, you know, up-and-coming young stars. You've prioritized Damon Lord and re-signing Jeremy Grant in this scenario. And your window is small because Damian Lord will be 33 when the season starts. Like, I'm, I'm pretty confident he's going to be very good again next year. But at some point... 34 or 35, like it's there, it, it, it happens. Like, let's assume he follows something that's similar trajectory as Steph Curry. Steph Curry is really good at 34. Let's say Damian Lord has two full seasons left at this like top 10, top 12, you know, top one of the five best offensive players in the league type of level. He was great this year. Like, this is best, Dame's best statistical season. Incredible. Most of the advanced numbers suggest that he was one of the three to five best players, offensive players in the league. Like, incredible. Let's say he's at that peak for two more seasons, two years. It's two years, and you've cashed in all of your future picks. You have depleted most of your depth, and the and you might not have put yourself in that true, true, true contender category. You might be right on that cusp, right? Like, hey, this is this is a team that tops out as the second best team in the West. They're going to win fifty four games if they if if everybody stays healthy and it, and it works out for them, and they're going to have a chance because of by virtue of having home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs and all that. Like, have a chance to make the Western Conference Finals, and if you're in the Western Conference Finals by virtue of participating, you have a chance to win. By virtue of participating in the Finals, you have a chance to win. You would have achieved Dame's goals. You would have also cashed all of your chips in this summer with very few opportunities to improve in a locale that has very little history of attracting free agents. This is not Miami. However, Look at a team like Milwaukee. When they were had proximity to a championship, they were able to attract uh, free agents on the cheap easier. See P.J. Tucker. That type of thing, right? That, that type of thing. Where championship proximity helps you fill out, you know, ring chasers in the back half of the roster. Ring chasers, kind of a rude word, but folks folks who covet proximity to a championship allow you to, to, to add some depth, but it's going to be veteran depth, short-term depth, short-term type contracts. Um, young players still want job security and money and long term, all that, all that. And you're going to be your team's going to be really expensive. Um, you're going to have very few avenues to get better. You might even be like in one of those tax thresholds that makes you not allows you not to use the taxpayer mid level. That's like too that's too far in the weeds to get into it. But that should be really good. Probably be the most talented team or something like it. Like like the Bam and McHale is like a specific. Um, specific ideas so you have something to hold on to, right? So you could like, you know, a furniture, to, furniture you can sit on in this in this uh, fake fake world I'm painting. But like any t- any like not quite Joel Embiid level 
star in the league, like dudes who are who are you know all defensive type players that would that would kind of mask some of Dame's problems. Still add that versatility, still add some offensive punch. You wouldn't give up too too much on offense, and you would be decent, right? Like you'd be you'd be decent on both ends. Is what I'm saying, like you'd be have that chance to be you know top, above average in both, and maybe really good on offense because you have Damian Lillard. Small window, no guarantees, not a lot of future flexibility. You are locked in with a chance to be like it get grim in 2025 and or 2026 and beyond, right? Like it's it get to get like, oh, whoops, that didn't work. And now we don't have draft picks and, and like all that, right? Really, really challenging. And that's even with trading for guys who are like in their who are relatively young with Adebayo and Mikhail Bridges. There's definitely scenarios where they where you're older. That's the all-in sort of best case scenario version of all-in, able to execute the trades. But you punt on your future. That's the Dame route. Let's talk about the other route. Because I think it's more responsible, but I don't think it's an obvious, I don't think it's obviously better in terms of like success of the franchise. I think it's a, we'll talk about it. I got opinions. Follow me to the second segment and I'll share those opinions with you. But before we get to those opinions, I want to tell you about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage. Look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. The Dame route, even as rosy and as as perfectly as I as I explained that, right? Like, I don't even think it's going to be that easy to trade for those two gentlemen. Trade for two, two gentlemen of that caliber. But let's say it went perfectly in that direction. Even then... Incredibly small window, no guarantee of a championship, no guarantee of making the finals with that group, right? But you could talk yourself into that team being good enough for two full seasons, have a chance, treat the the franchise icon with the way he wants to be treated, give him the opportunity he wants, he covets, all that. But that's probably not the most responsible route. Cashing in all, you know, trading Jaden Sharp, who might end up being really good. Trading Henry Simons, who already is good and is 23 years old and couldn't get better. Trading in a bunch of future first-round picks, including the fifth pick in a very good draft class this year. All of that could be regrettable. You might end up looking down the line and said four years from now when, when Anthony Simons is 27 and Shane Sharp's 23, and you're like, Blazers had both of those dudes? What the? And then you're, you're Jermaine O'Neilling, and it's just, it's, um, it, gets, it gets bad, right? Like, it, it gets challenging, and your team's depleted of draft picks and it's like why did why did we do it this way um it, it's you know you get it but Damian Lord wants you to commit one direction or the other and the implication of that is if you commit to the other direction he is not involved in it he said at uh, exit interviews that route is not my route and he said today they've got to choose and I have I have a decision to make and the team has a decision to make too the implication being if they if they don't go for it in the way we laid out in that first segment 
The other direction is is the end of the Damian Lillard era. It's that he's traded this summer, and he's traded this summer because the team decides to do so. So what does that look like? And what are the challenges or like obvious benefits of going that way? Let's walk through it the way we walked through the last um, the last one. Let, you trade Dame. You trade Dame for a hollow picks. Say you get like, I don't know, three firsts and two protected picks, like the, the rights to five picks, whatever it is. Um, I don't think you're going to get a, like the craziest, craziest haul because of his age, but you're going to get a haul, like a haul. Uh, he's extremely good. Um, you just got to find the right suitor who's still like, the problem is I think a lot of the teams that covet Dame have kind of already cashed in their chips. Like the, 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 specifically the Los Angeles Lakers is the team I'm thinking of. It's like, yeah, whoops, <laughs> they, don't, they don't have anything left to trade. But let's say, and and another like key part of this sort of like trade Dame thing that I think we need to like a logic that we should talk about, the Blazers are not going to send Dame to Charlotte. You know, they're not going to send him to like a bad team. They're not going to, they're not going to trade Damian Lillard to the Orlando Magic. They're going to trade him where he wants to go. Like be, be, a hundred percent certain of that. Uh, if this ends this summer and Damian Lillard does end up playing on another team, he is going to pick his destination. This is the team that basically let CJ McCollum pick his destination. You think they're not going to extend the same courtesy to Damian Lillard? They are not going to prioritize. We've got to get the best possible deal. And oh, oh whoops, whoops, Dame plays for the Houston Rockets now. I mean, unless him and James Harden want to team up there, blah, blah, blah. You get it. But it's like, they're going to send him where he wants to go. So you got to find the right partners. So it's like you're trading Dame, say, Hall of Picks and something like OG Ananobi, if, the, if he wants to end up in Toronto, or Hall of Picks and Tyrese Maxey. The, the Sixers don't really have a Hall of Picks, but you get you get the idea, right? Like several, several, several first-round picks and a, a very good young player, promising young player. It's like, oh, yeah, this dude, easily we could see Tyrese Maxey becoming an all-star. Maxie's like not even a good, it's like, oh, Maxi Ant and Shaden Sharp is obviously a mess, but without like, let's just, let's, for the sake of, for the sake of this exercise, let's call it OG Ananobi, although I don't think that's a good fit, but let's, let's call it OG Ananobi. Shaden Sharp, OG Ananobi, who's entering for, uh, free agency, not this year, but next, uh, Avery Simons, you're going to let obviously let Jeremy Grant walk in this situation. You probably try to find a suitor for Yusuf Nurkic, or you just play it out and trade him at the trade deadline or whatever it is. But like, he's not a long-term part of the plan. You're really young. You're really young. You're probably um, giving Jabari Walker and Trent and Watford a real role next year. Like you're, 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 you're probably, you know, you probably bring back Cam Reddish and let him kind of see if you can figure it out. Maybe even bring back Kevin Knox on two short-term contracts and see if they figure it out. But you're loaded with, um, you know, I think that team would probably miss the playoffs naturally. And uh, uh, so you'd still have to figure out your like lottery protected pick owed to the Bulls. But I, you could, with the hollow picks you're going to get, you could route something. Or um, how about 10 million second round picks? How about instead of a first round pick, how about give you eight second round picks or whatever it might be? I don't even know if you can legally, but whatever it is. So you eventually have your own picks, which are going to be high because you're going to be bad. Or you could just keep keep missing the playoffs and 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 uh, collect those lottery picks. You're going to have lottery picks from whatever team you trade Dame to. In this case, it's the Toronto Raptors or whatever. Uh, and you're going to have Shane Sharp and Avery Simons, who are really good young players. This is the more responsible way to go because it it for a team like the Blazers, you have a trove of picks and you've got young parts, to like young talent to build around. Uh, I think both Shane Sharp and Avery Simons are good, really good young players. Your window is very wide. 
you're going to have a bunch of opportunities with something like, you know, uh, two picks in every draft for the next five seasons or four seasons, whatever it might be. So it's like eight picks in the next four drafts, eight first round picks in the next four drafts plus seconds that you receive or whatever it might be. So a lot of opportunities to draft other young players and get those picks right. And an opportunity to sort of reset and reset with talent on the roster. I think the path back to being decent is pretty fast. It is pretty easy in the NBA to get from the bottom back to the middle. The hard part is the next step. And I think that's why the re- where the rebuild gets tricky. There are a lot of really high-end outcomes for Shaden Sharp in which he becomes something like one of the 25 best players in the NBA, which is like an incredible outcome, right? Like that's like you drafted him seventh overall. He's 19 and looks really good. Um, He had a really, really special close to the year and even in some bad losses, but a really special close to the year. And he like clearly is talented. Becomes one of the 25 best players in the league. Well, it's hard to win a title without someone who's one of the like 10 best players in the league and probably two guys who are in the top 25 in the league. The closest maybe you could like approximate it to is like, um, you know, you have Kawhi Leonard, who's like one of the five best players in the league. And then instead of someone else in the top 15, you have like four or six other dudes who are of the 50 best players in the NBA, like great depth. So I think there's a lot of high end outcomes for Shaden Sharp where he's excellent and has an excellent career and is a multi-time all-star where he taps out as like Zach Levine. Awesome career. Makes a boatload of money. Can easily score 40 on any nights. Multi-time all-star. Uh, like all of this. Where, where it's like, yeah, dude's, it's really good. He's really good. But he's not, he's not Damian Lillard level good. I think there's a lot of opportunities for, like, there are a lot of, high-end outcomes for uh, Avery Simons, where he becomes one of, say, the top 25 players in the league. I'm, I'm a little more skeptical of him just because he's a little bit older, but, like, he's already really good. Like, he's probably one of the top 60 or so players in the NBA. That's good. <laughs> Close to the top 10% in the league. He's good. Um, it, it, ranking, like, the middle of the league is very hard, but, yeah, like, I think there's outcomes where Ant, by age 27, is, like, is is a very, very good player in his physical prime, right? Like, say he's one of the top 20 players in the NBA. That'd be a really good outcome. Finding a guy who's, like, championship-level cornerstone good is so hard. Even if Shaden Sharp looks like Kobe Bryant or Tracy McGrady right now, the diff- the distance from 19 to 23 is so hard to track in the league. So unless you are deeply confident that that Shaden Sharp is one of, say, like, the hundred best players to ever play the the game, the the chances that the rebuild tops out as the fourth best team in the West for two seasons and you don't quite get to the middle seems relatively likely, right? It's the most responsible route because you're going to have a bunch of high draft picks to get it right. You know, this... Um, we don't have like a long track record with this uh, with this front office pick making picks, but the Shane Sharp pick was really good. Um, some of it is luck of who gets picked in front of you and stuff like that. Like even even the teams that draft incredibly well don't hit on every single pick. Um, so it's like you're going to have some duds in there. That's the hence the process. So I I think the I think trading Dame and I think loading up on draft picks and building around Shaden Sharp is the, right now, as we stand here on April 12th, the evening of April 12th as I'm recording this, is a more responsible path for a team in the Blazers situation, considering the market, their financial situation, like all that. More responsible path. 
but it has it does not have much guarantee of being better than it is unlikely just like based on how it how this all works is that they're as successful as the Damian Lord era right look at the previous 15 years basically before Dame showed up it's hard to win in the league and the Blazers were mostly successful during that time right like they had some dark years from like 05 to uh Brand Roy's third season but like yeah they were whenever that was 08 09 it's like they had three pretty bad years in the in the middle there they had a 50 loss season in there but it's like you know um even the even the patient smart builds end up with bad luck B-Roy LaMarcus Aldridge, Greg Oden is an incredible run of drafts, an incredible run of drafts. It didn't work out just because of the luck of how how just un- unfortunate the NBA is. The team that Dame played on in his second season and third season in the league, really stinking good. It breaks up for whatever like personal basketball reasons. It's just so hard to say, okay, we have a six-year window because you don't. You don't ever have a six-year window because things change. People get hurt. Egos, money, touches, some guy who's really talented doesn't fit with the coaching staff goes somewhere else fits better with that group it's like it's just hard it's hard and i think that's the reality of this is that i think even though i think the rebuild is a more responsible path i think it is very likely to come up short and it leaves us with this existential crisis. Is it better to be irresponsible and build around a franchise icon and go for it, knowing that you might really screw up a four-year stretch after Dame's gone or at the end of Dame's contract and be like, bad, bad, and have it be the Dark Ages? Or is it better to just punt now, go for it and build around the talent you absolutely have and say, hey, we believe in ourselves to build back up and this is the way that small markets have to do it? It probably is the second one. But the second one has less guarantee. Not even less guarantee. The second one doesn't have a guarantee. The first one doesn't have a guarantee. In fact, it's very likely to to be a struggle. But that's the existential crisis. With no guarantees, what do you owe? Like, what do you owe yourself as a fan to root for? What does the franchise owe Dame? What is sort of your fan? What is your heart as a fan owe Damien Lord? It's all very odd. Like I said, I think I know what the responsible plan is, and I'm probably lean in that way in terms of like, if I turn off my heart and think of like with my with my dunked on brain, um, Nate Duncan, friend of the show. But if I think with like my dunked on brain, it's um, like yeah, like it's better to be bad in the near term and get all these picks and have all these chances because you want to use a phrase, his phrase, bites at the apple. But if you could cash in and go for it one time, part of me says the sort of like nostalgic, sentimental, I think is actually the word I mean to use here. The sentimental part of me is like, yeah, one last hurrah, knowing that it might suck in the future. Choose your own adventure on this one. My, you know, I've laid out kind of why I think uh, one way is like quote unquote better, but I don't think it's an obvious solution to their way out. It's just like a more responsible path to what's next. All right, I'm late on an ad break, but let me tell you about FanDuel. It was a wonderful time to get involved with FanDuel. We we got, y'all, we got postseason basketball. So why not head over to America's number one sports book and make a wager 
and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 because you're a new customer. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on, sign up, place your bet, $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Playing's round wraps up this week. The real playoff starts this weekend, so get in on the action. Bet with bet, you know, futures on series, bet individual games, bet individual point scores, whatever you're looking for. Don't miss your chance to get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Went a little long here, so we're going to close up the show relatively quickly. For for my daily for my daily listeners, for my everydayers out there, earlier this week, I released a podcast, an episode of this very podcast, in fact, in which I laid out my hater's guide to the NBA playoffs. And y'all, the hating is going great. The haters' guide was basically how to root against every team in the playoffs, such that their team blew, had to blow it up and trade good players to the Portland Trailblazers. And y'all, the Heat tanked it. The Heat looked horrible. So if you are, have dreams of Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo potentially joining this basketball team, I got two thumbs for you. It's looking good because the Heat looked bad. They've kind of been mediocre all year, and they looked. They looked cooked. They did not. That was not a convincing game. Then, but the Heat, Heat are still going to play another game. They're going to get a home game, in fact, to get a chance to get into the playoffs and play the Milwaukee Bucks. And all the Raptors had to do was win a home game. All the Raptors had to do was hold on to a 19-point lead at home. All the Raptors had to do was make some playoffs while DeMar DeRozan's daughter yelled loudly. Raptors couldn't hold on to that 19-point lead. They couldn't make playoffs while DeMar DeRozan's daughter yelled loudly and they lost too. So now the the Raptors, them of the holdout for all the draft picks you could ever you could ever imagine. We're going to get three draft picks for OG Ananobi. We're going to get 22 draft picks for Pascal Siakam. Fred Van Vliet is at worth at least 19 draft picks. Gary, Gary Trent Jr., he, he is also worth several first-round picks. Cam Birch? I actually think Cam Birch got traded. Uh, Chris Boucher? 12 first-round draft picks. If you want to do business with the Raptors, this is a real serious basketball team. And look, they had a pretty good starting group, but their depth stunk, and now they enter a very uncertain, a very uncertain summer in which they finished ninth in the East, lost a home playoff game to miss out on the playoffs, to miss a play-in game to miss out on the playoffs, that price for OG Ananobi just went down. That asking price for Pascal Siakam, uh, the difference in is like at, at the trade deadline, you can hold out. You can be like, nah, we're not doing business with you. No, we think we're good. In fact, we're going to trade a first-round pick to get Jakob Pertl. We desperately need a center. Our starting lineup's going to make more sense. We're going to just like, we're going to be better. This is this is the, this is is the a team that's going to be better. And they, they were. The starting lineup was better. But it ended with them looking mediocre and choking on their home floor. You cannot hold you cannot hold teams over the barrel. If they see you going into OG Ananobi's final year with the final year under contract, you you've lost your leverage. Pascal Siakam, you've lost your leverage. You're gonna say four first round picks. Yep, cool. Go ahead. Build that, build as mediocre a team as you want. Like you the the Raptors losing the way they did. Haters guide could not be more perfect for bargaining purposes for your Portland Trailblazers. 
Amphrey Simons and the rights to the number seven overall pick and other stuff was the asking price. Get out of here. <laughs> Yesterday's price is not today's price. And the bidding went down. Um, the Heat might have similar decisions to make because like maybe they're mediocre too. And maybe they need, you know, Jimmy Butler's 34 and he was, he's a bit awesome this season. He was fantastic this season, but his age and his price tag, maybe they want to move on from him. Or maybe they say like Bam Adebayo, who kind of got bullied on the glass against the Hawks um, and struggled a little bit on offense around the rim. It's like, maybe they're ready to punt on Pinetown, North Carolina's own. They've got, they probably have to have, uh, you know, look in the mirror type moment. That's the haters guide. Great news. Great news for the Blazers. Great news. Uh, Minnesota lost. I think that's good news. I'm not a big Carl Anthony Towns guy, but he's a talented player. And I guess if you're like, if you're just rooting for the Blazers to add somebody of cat's caliber, elite offensive player, bad on defense. Um, I don't care for his false bravado. Not my, not my cup of tea. Uh, but like if you're into it, T wolves also melted down a haters, a haters guide going swimmingly, swimmingly next up on our haters guide, Brooklyn flame out. Philadelphia, after you beat Brooklyn, immediately, immediately flame out. That's the haters guide. Things are going really well for your Portland Trailblazers. Uh, we're going to cut this segment short a little bit because I went long on the two paths. Uh, come back. We got more shows the rest of the week. Uh, you are listening to Thursday show. We're going to close out, close out the show this week, looking ahead to the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to be fun on Friday show. Uh, do, do not miss it. We're going to start our X interviews next week. It looks like based on my calendar, plus a fun interview I got lined up next week that you are really, really going to enjoy. Guess what? We do this every day, every weekday. That is Monday through Friday. Tell your friends, make it your first listen. Come back tomorrow for the next show. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.